Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. Oh, yeah. How are you doing today? Good. So good to see you here uh, on this uh, great weekend, uh, Seahawks playing. Last night, it was so funny, we ran out of room, ran out of chairs, and I didn't realize there was a 10 a.m. game today. And I'm like, Dave's sermon must have been amazing last week, you know. Uh, Glad to see you here. And here's what we're doing. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. Is we've been in this series called Stretched, Thriving uh, in the Midst of Life's uh, Stresses. And we've been looking at aspects of that each week and really how we can step into uh, the life that God has designed for us when things don't work out. It's easy when things are working out perfectly uh, to uh, consider everything wonderful, but what about when you face some challenges? You know how God is going to grow you most? It's during those challenges in life. In fact, our theme scripture is this, uh, that we've been uh, considering every week, and it says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, oh, we can go back. I can't read that fast. (laughs) But thank you for believing in me. (laughs) So, uh, okay, let me do this again. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And so, what what it really is, it's, it's saying that we will experience these things that we might have experienced that. Maybe you've experienced, in fact, one of my friends here at church talked like literal persecution. Here's a refugee uh, from another country. Uh, in fact, very cool, just uh, uh, went through the process, now permanent citizen here. But it's, when he became a follower of Christ, in the, it, his life was in danger. And so, uh, I don't know about you, you probably haven't gone through that, neither have I. But we all know what it's like to go through difficulty and we're saying, God, how can I thrive in the middle of that? The, the reality is this, is it's not uh, just what happens to us, it's how we process it. Uh, in fact, here's the key idea today, uh, is that a feeling that will stretch you emotionally is bitterness. Because how we process is really everything. Uh, there are situations, well, things happen. I, I was at a Trader Joe's a uh, number of years back. Uh, in fact, I may have shared this story uh, many years ago. But I was at a Trader Joe's, and there were some people in line. Uh, and it was, there's rules when you're in line. You know that, right? Yeah, there are uh, rules. In fact, uh, how many of you just, I just want to see, how many of you are like going to go to the mall sometime during Christmas? How many of you are going to shop online? Yeah, that's better, isn't it? Well, if, you, if you're in line, uh, there's rules. People tend not to behave well in line. And uh, there was uh, this line, and this guy was in line, but way far back, like way too far back. Uh, lots of space, could have been three people in between. And so he's uh, in line, and 
another person cuts in front of him. Not a big deal. The guy didn't even see him there. I could barely see him. But how he reacted was everything. This older gentleman, uh, he's there and he says uh, to the guy who uh, cut in front of him, he says, hey, I was in line. And the guy says, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's sort, of, uh, it's sort of broken English. He goes, I'm sorry. And uh, then the, the older guy, he just doesn't stop. He says, what's the matter with you? Are you stupid? And by the way, the guy who cut in front of, uh, in front of him in line was like incredibly buff. I thought, this old guy is going to get to go see heaven really soon here, or wherever he's going. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, but, and then, but he, he won't stop. He won't stop. And the guy, the guy was, you know, apologetic, really wasn't even his fault. And, and then he says, the older guy goes, what's the matter with you people? And I'm like, have you ever had one of those moments where you feel like God has told you to intervene? And, and I'm like, literally, I felt like God was saying, you got to do something. I'm like, okay, you want me to kick this old guy's butt? God, what do you want me to do? The, uh, <laughs> that's right. And uh, so, I, I, that was from, the Lord didn't tell me to do that, by the way. And so, he keeps going and going, and, and the guy starts to turn around. You can only take so much. And I put my hand on his shoulder gently. He sort of bristles at first. And I said, buddy, it's not worth it. He's not worth it. And the reason I know that is because I've reacted in ways where I've been hurt that honestly have not only complicated the problem, that's created a bigger problem than ever needed to be created. And by the way, if you say, well, I just have to, you've given that person power over you. And the reality is that God has given us a spirit of self-control if we will step into it. That's why it says in the Scripture, it says, uh, this is not in your outline, but it is in the Bible, in Galatians, it says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Here's the problem about bitterness, is we often don't see it in ourselves. We can see it in other people, right? Uh, But it's hard to see in ourselves. In fact, I, I was struggling with uh, this, because honestly, I am not a bitter person. I have other problems, uh, but I am not a bitter person. And then the cool thing was the NFL scheduled the sixth 10 a.m. game, and now I'm bitter as a pastor. Isn't that awesome? Uh, (laughs) But we all, seriously, there's a hurt, and maybe it's not a hurt. Maybe it's something you thought you should have gotten. Maybe it's a, a promotion someone else got, and you thought, that should be mine, and there's, there's this bitterness. And that's why we need to be in community with other people who can lovingly help us see what we don't see in ourselves. Because there's some realities around this, and that's that uh, it affects almost every relationship. This is why we need to deal with it in our life. Bitterness will affect almost every relationship. See, what will happen is, uh, and I've seen this many times, if you're bitter at your mom, it affects how you treat your wife. If you're bitter at your dad, 
you're, you're reacting to your husband in a way that's not helpful and maybe toxic. Got very quiet in here, didn't it? It's true. And you don't see it, but it's true. Because the Bible talks about this bitter root that poisons everything in our life. And the cool thing is we don't need to go that way. God creates a a plan for us to step into, and it's really modeled and made possible through what Jesus did. It also, number two, it impedes your spiritual progress. This is true of any area where you're not obedient to God. And and again, I want to make this really clear. In fact, I'm speaking to a religious gathering tonight, uh, people from, uh, you know, all sorts of faiths and backgrounds. And it's great because I've been invited to talk about what do Christians believe about Jesus and Jesus coming into the world. What an incredible opportunity. You might be from another faith background, and and this is going to be a differentiator for you. In fact, C.S. Lewis, he was a a fellow at Oxford University, and he was walking through, and there was a a group of scholars who were talking about what's the difference between Christianity and other religions and worldviews. And so they're debating, and he's going through, obviously, very well-known, and uh, he says, what are you talking about? And they said, we're, you know, what's really the differentiator between Christianity? He goes, oh, that's simple. It's grace. And the grace is what God gives us. It's a free gift. Now, you have to receive it like any other gift. And, and so, uh, if we come to God by grace, that's wonderful. But how we live the full life in God, that John 10.10 life, you, to have life into its fullest, is by keeping in step with the Spirit of God. That's what it says in the book of Galatians. So if there's some area in my life where I'm out of step and I've chosen to be out of step, it's going to be a tension point in my relationship with God. It's sort of like if you have a car and, uh, well, you do have a car probably, and if you, with your car, if you don't follow the maintenance schedule, and if the car breaks, you say, uh, if you didn't do that and the car breaks down, you're like, oh, I got a bad car. No, you didn't. Had you followed the maintenance schedule, things would have gone really well. And so part of it is us owning our own actions. And that can be with forgiveness. It can be with any other area in in our life. Number three, uh, you can be used by Satan. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Okay, this is weird stuff. You know, I, I don't even believe in the devil. That's okay. He believes in you. And uh, he, he will work, and it's not like the mythology that we find in culture, or even, honestly, sometimes in church, where it's, you know, God and Satan are equal. That, that's not true. God is all-powerful. Uh, and, and maybe someday I'll do a theology around that and what the Scripture teaches. But, but really, it's the enemy of our soul can uh, distract, he can dissuade, he can discourage if we will Uh, let him do that. And the crazy thing is, is that uh, he can do that even through us. Uh, There's a a book of, in the Bible called the book of Job. Uh, Great book. I do not encourage you to read the book of Job in the winter in Washington State. 
Uh, that's not the time to redo Philippians or Luke or something like that. Uh, Job is a little bit, Job is like the first country song. You know, he loses uh, his wife, his truck breaks down, his dog runs, no, it's, uh, he, things are going really, really poorly for Job. And uh, what's really interesting is his friends come around, and you know what they do? They're like, huh, maybe you deserve it, Job. Maybe it's something you did. See, here's what the Bible says, is Job was a righteous man. Uh, he was actually very successful, uh, had a great family, was wealthy. He had everything going for him. And here's my thought, is my thought is that his friends probably harbored some bitterness against him. Did he do anything wrong? No, it's just they felt that they should have what he had. And so, when things go bad for him, when there's just to break it all, they just pile on. Do we see that in our culture at all? Every single time. Because here's the thought, if I can tear you down, then maybe I can feel better about myself. We don't say that, but that's what's true, and it'll never work. So, Job, he, he goes through this difficulty, and his friends are actually used by Satan to discourage him. And this will ultimately, number four, you'll, you'll feel worn out. Most of the times we self-medicate through anger, drugs, alcohol, sex, food, and then we start to normalize that feeling in our life. And, and so, Jesus actually, this is great because Jesus deals with this head on. There's a chapter in the Bible, uh, Matthew chapter 18, that speaks to conflict and forgiveness. It's not amb ambiguous at all. There's no allegory except for the parable I'm going to read. It tells us specifically how we deal with conflict. And honestly, I would say this, read that, and if you're dealing it with another way, you are outside of God's will. And so if things don't work out well, it's because you can go your own way but please don't blame God in the process. So here, here's what happens is uh, Peter, uh, he asks Jesus a question. Let's read that. If, it says, then Peter uh, came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And in Jewish law, uh, it was required you forgave someone three times. And he's being magnanimous, and he says, up to seven times, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And so, now I know some of you, we have a lot of math people are here today. And you, you're about ready to turn to the person next to you and say, you're on 76. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's not the point there. The point is an unlimited amount of time. Because that's the grace that God offers you. Some of you are bitter against other people and you're struggling because you don't, you don't feel forgiven by God. And when you receive that and live in that, I got to tell you, it changes absolutely everything. And it even changes the things that you want to do in life. Now, before we get on Peter here, we have to understand that we all have this propensity to do the same thing. Jesus is pointing out is that if I'm keeping score, it's not really forgiveness. So, uh, we, we go on and, and we, 
uh, read in the story uh, all that happens and that there's sort of this uh, challenge that in the story that Jesus tells about a man who had an incredible debt and is forgiven, yet is not willing to forgive. And let's go through that story together. So how do we really move towards forgiveness and past bitterness is, number one, start with God's grace for you. When I understand what God has given me, I'm able to share that with other people. Matthew 18, 23, 24, it says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, this is an insurmountable debt. This is a a debt that would be beyond anyone, no matter what their income uh, could ever repay. And so, we see the response of the servant, and it says, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Not possible, right? So, the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. I think for many of us, I I talked to a couple after the last service, and they were talked, described to me a situation where there's been a break in a relationship. And they're moving into this holiday season with a hope and a heart for forgiveness. It's because they've experienced that in their own life. And I know for some of you, you tell me the stories, things that have happened to you, and I get angry. I mean, I I really get angry because of how you've been treated. But here's what I know is that bitterness doesn't work. <laughs> if, if bitterness worked, there would be a lot of happy uh, 49ers fans. <laughs> but, uh, you know, bitter, bitterness doesn't work for anyone. And it certainly is not going to work for you, and it's not going to honor God. Number two is you need to be honest with yourself. What, are, what, what is that that you're bitter about? Is there some, something I'm holding on to that I need to let go of. And so we read in the story, but when the servant went out, he found his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And this, this is a lot of money, but not an insurmountable debt. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. See, the funny thing is, I bet you he hadn't thought about it as much until that one point where he was confronted with his own failure. His own, that debt that he, he racked up and he, he couldn't pay back. And instead of just living in gratitude, what does he do? He, he thinks about who owes him. And he responds in the opposite way that he has been responded to. See, part of this is number three, we need to be willing to break the crazy cycle. Yeah, you know what the crazy cycle is, Right? Yeah, because you're going to be with them in four days. Yeah, it's gonna, and, uh, yeah, don't laugh too hard. You brought some of them to church. Anyway, uh, but no, what happens is there's that cycle. I, I, I say this is that every person, uh, when you go back and you're with family, you become 12 years old again. And you sort of get in those same arguments, that same kind of behavior. And it's same thing with this vengeance where I'm going to get them. It doesn't work out. We see this is what happened with, uh, with a man who, who wouldn't forgive the person who owed him that lesser amount of money. It says, when the other servants saw what had happened, 
they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. See, they wanted, they, they, they wanted justice, and there's this crazy cycle begins again and again. See, here's, here's the deal, is in most situations, there's uh, an offense, and, and it's usually never 100% the other person's fault. Sometimes it is. Maybe in this season, if you say, I'm going to own my part of it, maybe it's 95% their fault and 5% your fault. And by the way, if you're talking to that person, don't give the percentages. That doesn't help much. You just, you, but you say, hey, I'm going to own what I can own. And that's because number four, remember, you will need future forgiveness. That all of us uh, need to be forgiven. It says this in Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I got to tell you that I can't, couldn't be more proud of the stories that I've heard. People who uh, have had an offense and have responded in the opposite spirit because that's exactly how Jesus has responded to them. Maybe right now for you this is not theoretical, that you're thinking of something very specific, maybe something that happened to you at work last week or in your childhood a long time ago. And God is, God is saying He wants to set you free. Mark Twain once said, is, bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping your enemies will die. It doesn't work. And so Jesus, when he, he not only offered us forgiveness, when He went to the cross, when He gave His life, He also modeled for us how we are to respond. In fact, Jesus makes a statement. He says, anyone who loses their life for my sake will find real life. Maybe for you it's a hurt you've been holding on to, and it's so real. But God wants you to have life, and you say, I'm going to lay this aside because of what you've done for me, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.